This is the Byron Bledsoe Podcast, Senior Pastor of C3 Church in Orlando, Florida. Thank you so much for checking out today's message. We hope this word encourages you and inspires you. Let's jump into the message. It is great to see you this morning. Hey, how about this weather? Is the weather not incredible? I am loving this weather, and I want to welcome you here this morning, uh, those in the room and those watching online. We are thrilled uh, that you're hanging out with us this morning. A couple of things I want to make you aware of. First of all, you know that uh, next Sunday, maybe you've heard, we will not be having any live gatherings. Next Sunday will be all online. It's Thanksgiving weekend. You enjoy time with family and friends. Then we're back December 6th. Uh, with live gatherings and online. We're beginning a new series, The Thrill of Hope, begins December 6th. Going to be awesome. Also on December 6th, uh, eight weeks old through five-year-olds. We're expanding and opening C3 Kids little by little, so that's going to be happening uh, as well on that date. I remember when I was a little kid, and actually this memory, it's the first memory that I have. I, I, don't, I don't know if I actually remember it, or if I just heard so much about it that I think I remember it. But it feels like I remember it. I I was probably maybe three years old, and my mom was on the phone, and she was holding me. And while she was holding me, now this was the phones that had a cord attached to the thing on your ear, and the cord went all the way to the wall, and so you got the super long cord so you could walk all around the kitchen. And she was holding me, and I noticed, I looked down, I noticed this glow, and I put my hand down on it. And it was the stove burner. And it was the old school that was in circles, not, not the flat, nice induction, all that. Just, and I, I don't remember the ouch moment, but I have a memory. And again, maybe I was just told this, but it feels like I remember of looking in my hand and seeing the seared rings in my hand. I remember that. But my, my mom doesn't. We were in Texas a few weeks ago. It's been happening for some time now, a few years. Normally, in recent years, when we arrive and we walk into my parents' home, my dad will say something like, this is your son, Byron. And she'll say, hi. This time, She said nothing. She hasn't known me for a few years now. She recognizes my dad, it seems like, but she doesn't know anyone else. It's a strange feeling. And some of you, you've walked through parents or grandparents, having dementia, having Alzheimer's. It's a strange feeling. Whether you're close to your parent or not, whether you're close to your grandparent or not, the only person in the world that I've ever called mom has no idea who I am. And that that memory for me, it's more challenging than the memory of the ring I put on my hand. And I think the largest 
the biggest, the most profound scars that you and I wear in life inside. I mean, I can show you these two knuckles right here. I've got these two little bitty scars right in the knuckles. You can't see them, but, but my parents decided they were going to get a new dog when I was a kid. And so instead of getting a puppy, they got a grown dog, a, a poodle. Her name was Michelle, and I think she was 187 years old when they got her. And she liked to go into the couch and hide. And I, I do remember this. I was probably seven or eight. I reached under the couch to get her, and she clamped down on these two fingers. And I still have the scars right there. We, we didn't have Michelle much longer, but, but I still have those scars. I remember we had a lab. His name was Coach. And I remember one morning hearing this ferocious noise and looking out the door. And Coach was going after my youngest brother, just trying to destroy him. Isn't it interesting that often the things that we remember are the hard things, the terrifying things, the painful things. Jesus is about to have a meal with the disciples. It's the season of Passover. They have been celebrating Passover when death passed over for about 1,400 years at this point. And it's always the same process. It's always the same rituals. It's actually a part of of Jewish worship and Jewish history and heritage to celebrate the Passover. And nobody ever changes the prayers. Nobody ever changes the order. Everything's always done exactly the same way. And so they find themselves in this, this upper room, it's been called, a room that's been borrowed. And Jesus is reclining there with the disciples And you know, and I know, if you've read Scripture, if you haven't and you're not familiar with the story, this is right before Jesus gets arrested and then is crucified a few days later. And in that moment, can you imagine, I don't know about you, but for me, when I read the Scriptures, I put myself in the story. I try to imagine what it was like to be there and what it was like to feel like. Can you imagine hanging out in the room with Jesus? You've been following him, you're one of the disciples, for for three years, and while you don't understand everything, you you have some memories, and they are unmistakable. You saw him, you saw him walk on water, and then Pete tried it, and it didn't go so well. You you saw him heal people, You, you were there, you saw when Lazarus was called back to life. You saw maybe your favorite, the water when it was turned to wine, the first one. You you loved that one, you remember that one, and hope he'll do it again often. You've, you've been there for all the things that have happened. And so in this moment, it is not uncommon for you, if you're a disciple, to be hanging out with Jesus. And yet, even though it's not uncommon and you're familiar with it, it's always profound. And in that context, they're going to have a meal. And I love how Paul writes in Corinthians to the church at Corinth, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 23, he says, For I received from the Lord what was also passed on you. The Lord Jesus, on the night he was betrayed, took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, this is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And as a church, we are taught in Scripture that on a regular basis, we are to share in communion together. And we are are to do it in remembrance of all that Jesus did for us. Maybe it's because in your cup holder, you you have a little cup there, and not yet, but in a moment, I'm going to ask you to grab that. But maybe it's because the juice that represents the blood here, the wafer that's on top, you peel the first layer, there's a wafer, peel the next layer, there's the juice. Maybe we're taught in Scripture to do this 
in remembrance of him because maybe that memory and all that it means can heal the other memories that create the scars. I don't know about you, but sometimes in my life, I tend to focus on what was painful. And sometimes I tend to focus on what might be painful and may or may not happen. I don't know yet, but I can worry about it big enough to create an issue. And in this text, he pauses, hey, do this. And part of doing this, it's not the ritual of it. It's not going through the emotions. The emotions. I mean, Jesus in that dinner is going to take bread and he's going to dip it and he's going to say, this is my body that must be broken for you. And he's going to drink the wine and he's going to say, this is my blood that must be shed for you. And in that moment, he, he's changing all the rules about how the meal is supposed to happen. And you can't change the rules. This is Passover. It's been happening for 1400 years. You can't change the rules unless you are the Lamb of God. And there's about to be a supernatural reset that will change everything. And I wonder if after they left the room, when they went to the garden and Jesus is arrested, I wonder if in their mind, they quickly remembered something that had just happened. Where he said, this is my body and it must be broken for you. And this is my blood and it must be shed for you. Because I think Jesus knows, in fact, some of you in this room this morning, there's some things you remember, and there's some deep scars that you have on the inside, and there are some things that you have wrestled with and you have battled your whole life. And one of the most tragic things that I think can happen to a follower of Christ is to forget to remember. Because that, that happened. You burned your hand. You were bitten by the dog. That happened. Somebody that you promised to love forever decided not to love you forever. That happened. You, you thought it would be a friendship, that, that that bond would last for all of eternity, and you were betrayed. That happened. That The thing that... You needed God to do, and the thing that you were so desperate about, for some reason it feels like God just didn't answer and God didn't act. That happened. But we can get so caught up in that happened that we missed that this happened. And Jesus said, do this, and when you do it, remember me. Now notice the passage, verse 25. In the same way after supper, he took the cup, saying, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. Verse 26, for whatever you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. And verse 27, verse 27 is scary. Verse 27, so then whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. If we're not careful, there are things about our faith that can become so routine and commonplace they have nothing to do with faith. If we're not careful, we, we can walk in a casual sense of spirituality. And especially if, hey, if you're a Christ follower, it's very easy for knowing Jesus to become commonplace. It's very easy to be so familiar with Jesus that we actually don't know him at all. It's very easy to be hanging out in a room where Jesus is going to show up. And it's just not a big deal because we've done that before, been there, done that. And it's very easy in the one moment that Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me for us to just roll through the motions and it have no impact. But, but maybe this is because of 
that. And maybe this is the moment. Think about who God is. God is transcendent. That means God stands outside of everything he created. God stands outside of time. That means God is bigger than the sum total of every single thing he created. That means that in all of eternity as Christ followers, we'll spend forever with God. And when forever is done, we're just starting to get to know him. That's how big our God is. And that God invites us to call him Father. And that God, every single morning, wants to know you in a personal way and walk through your day with you and knows that this heals that. And so the scripture says, whoever eats the bread or drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of sinning against the body and the blood of the Lord. What does he mean? In our driveway, we have a basketball goal. And I know, I know when you look at me, you don't think basketball player. And you're right. I couldn't care less about basketball. But we have a basketball goal because it's fun to go out there and shoot baskets, and the boys love to go do that. And on occasion, I, I have gone out into the driveway, and, and I have caught them dunking the basketball goal. Now, both of my sons are white. And so you might think, how in the world could they do that? Well, it's really simple. You just lower the goal. You lower the goal to about six feet, and you can dunk that ball. And what happens is sometimes, sometimes they're so proud of how they dunk the ball. But you raise that goal back to ten feet. And did you know there was a time in the nation of Israel when they lowered the goal from 10 feet to 6 feet and they were dunking the worship ball over and over again and proud of how they were doing it. And God said, why did you lower the standard? In fact, did you know in Isaiah chapter 1, there's even a time in a church service where the people have gathered to worship and they're doing all the right stuff, like Passover for 1,400 years. They're, They're singing the right songs. They're burning the incense. They're sacrificing animals. They're doing all the right stuff. And God, Isaiah chapter 1 says, I don't want any of it. And he says, I'm not even going to answer your prayers, so don't even bother praying. My mom doesn't know me. And I wonder sometimes, as followers of Jesus, do we know more about God than we actually know God? So in a few moments, we're going to share in communion together. And I've been praying that this moment would be different than any moment you've ever taken communion. Not not because I'm here, but because you're here and because of who God is. You, You don't need me to get to God. He set the stage. Everything that would happen after this Last Supper, his arrest, his crucifixion, his resurrection, the entire stage is set because you can access God just as much as I can. You have the ability to connect with God just as much as I or anybody else does. You can know God personally for you. And so part of walking through this moment is maybe it's time for you to just own your own faith. Maybe it's time for you to recognize, hey, God wants to know you in a deeply intimate and personal way. God God invites us into this moment. And and notice what the text says. 
Everyone in verse 28 ought to examine themselves before they eat of the bread and drink from the cup. For those who eat and drink without discerning the body of Christ, eat and drink judgment on themselves. That is why many among you are weak and sick and a number of you have fallen asleep. Have you been been dunking the worship ball at six feet? Have you been showing up? Man, I'm, I'm a Jesus follower. Is your spiritual life and how you function in your relationship with God based on what's convenient or the convictions of Scripture? Because the Bible says in what we're about to do, this is so serious, that you ought to examine yourselves before you take the elements. Because if you don't, you make a mockery of the grace and the forgiveness of God. So I want to invite you to bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment. And in this moment, I'm reminded of the words of David in Psalm 139, where he said, God, search me and know me. Show me anything in my heart that's not honoring to you. Lead me in the way of obedience. As as God looks at your life, would he say, he's obedient. She's obedient. See, this moment we do in remembrance of a God who loves us so much that he's forgiven us of everything. But it would be tragic not to remember that because if we don't remember that and we don't focus on the reality of it, we don't get to walk in the forgiveness and the freedom that it offers. And so I want to invite you just for a moment, before before we take the elements, to do what Scripture teaches. And I'm going to be quiet for a few moments so that this can be a time between you and God because your greatest need today is not to hear from me, but to hear from God. And ask God to search your heart. What, What do you need to confess to a holy God? What do you need to say, God, I'm sorry. Give me the spiritual courage and strength to change this in my life. What have you been ignoring that in this moment, God would put his finger on and say that area, that action, that thought, that pattern, that habit. Just spend a moment talking to the God who loves you and has invited you to call him Father. Father, this moment is your moment. God, I pray for every single person in this room this morning. With heads bowed and eyes closed, maybe you're here this morning and you're not a Christ follower. And you know the greatest need in your life is to commit your life to Christ. Hey, right now, I just want to invite you in a spirit of prayer, heads bowed, eyes are closed. You you, you can't remember something that's not been done for you. And so I want you to be able to take these elements in just a moment. Some of you may be for the first time as a follower of Jesus. Because to not be a follower of Jesus and to take these elements would be to do it in an unworthy manner. So today, if if you would say, man, I, I want Jesus 
to be my Lord. I want to invite Jesus to come into my life with heads bowed and eyes closed. I want to invite you right now to just, you can say it out loud or in the quietness of your heart, just say, yes, Jesus. That's all. Just, yes, Jesus. I give my life to you. And then I'm going to pray. And after I pray, our band is going to lead us in a time of worship. And maybe some of you, there's, there's still some things you need to pray about. But during that song, you feel free to take the elements in your timing. You peel the first layer, that's the wafer. It represents his body that was broken for us. You peel the second layer, that's the juice. It represents his blood that was shed for us so that we can live in freedom. You're invited to be not just a child of a king, but the child of the king. Father, thank you for this moment. May it mean everything to each of us this morning as we remember that you intended to. May may we not fall into the trap of spiritual amnesia where we know who you are, but we don't really know you at all. God, we crave intimacy. I ask that you would increase our hunger for your word and for you. Father, I pray that you would convict us in the areas that we're not living in a way that would honor you. Father, I pray that we would live a life in obedience which produces freedom in life. God, thank you for your long-suffering. Thank you for your your patience. Thank you for your deep, abiding love that is unending. Thank you that you promised us you'd never leave us, you'd never forsake us. So this morning, God, we look only to you. In Jesus' name. Hey, thanks so much for joining us today. We hope this message encouraged you and inspired you. Would you share it with someone that you're connected with? And also, if you want to be a part of supporting this incredible life-giving movement, you can text C3 Orlando to 77977. You can also go to our safe and secure giving website at giveC3.cc. Listen, we love you guys. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.